0: To you guys, uh, I hope you're all well and um, doing good in this challenging season. What on earth is going on in the world today? We're coming here. Um, we're coming here to you today from uh, the Vine Church in Dunfermline in the Kingdom of Fife, and this is our very first online uh, sermon to to the congregation and to anyone else who wants to hear it. Um, regarding how we respond in these uncertain times. How do we respond in these uncertain days? And there are keys in history and in the Bible, and we see the the difference between those who thrive in the season of crisis and those who nosedive. And so today I'm hoping to bring you a brilliant ins- encouragement and insights from 40 years experience of being up to here at times in the depths of individual people's hearts worries and fears and also from tremendous examples in the bible and in history of how we can thrive and not nose dive in these days so i trust this message will leave you greatly encouraged greatly inspired but also with some tools you can apply every day to keep the prowling lion from you and to keep the lion of judah jesus himself conquering in every moment in every situation of your life so the key that i've discovered throughout history of all the great saints who thrived is this they learned the secret of how to live in the tomorrow how to live in the tomorrow today is the last day here in dunfermline of the brilliant uh, first years of woodmill school and the amazing staff doing a great job they recently put out something online yesterday to do with mindfulness and it's absolutely brilliant and i'm a great fan of the secrets of mindfulness which basically teaches you how to live in the moment and that is one side of the coin and and it's fantastic and i would encourage everybody to get a listen to it if you can but what i want to share today is that you also have to live in the moment but at the same time you have to live in the tomorrow Because living in the tomorrow will give you the energy, the fire and the hope to face and conquer the greatest of storms. So I want to stir up a supernatural spiritual gift of faith in you today and I want to give you three mind-blowing keys and tools you can apply straight away today and begin instead of enduring this season, thriving this season. So it seems to me like God has an ace card, a very special ace card up his sleeve that he gives to individuals for these moments. And when people are facing crisis like we are now on a global scale, and we know many people are losing their jobs, losing their business, they're worried, they're threatened, they're scared, uh, they've been isolated, all kinds of challenges they're facing. And it's a shaky, shaky, shaky time for many people. But I trust at the end of this message that many of you or any of you that are in a position can shift from the shaky to the thriving position. I want to unlock for you a biblical secret that runs all through the Bible. And we see it time and time again. When God's people are in crisis, God shows up with his ace card. And I'm calling this ace card, living in the tomorrow. And so, here it is, the radical decision to learn and apply the ability to live in the tomorrow. And so let's, let's go to three very quickly biblical examples of where individuals were in either a personal or a national crisis and out comes God's ace card. And, and I pray that you are left today with this ace card up your sleeve. You can pull it every day and apply it and begin to thrive. And instead of this season being like, you know, Uh, darkness, like stress, like fear, anxiety. Instead, you can live each day with great new hopes and great joy and great peace. So three very quick, uh, mind-blowing examples that we will look at today, but we're only going to study one. The first example I want to take you to is a man called Abraham. Abraham was fixed in the moment. He was fixed in his tent. And that's tremendous because he was probably taking good care of the important things of the day in his family. But then God decides that if Abram stays there, he's going to be stuck and fruitless. So what does God do? He pulls out his ace card and he calls him out of his tent and he takes him outside in the dark and asks him to look at the stars. And he, he begins to transport Abraham and his mind from the present into tomorrow and Abraham begins to see tomorrow tomorrow's blessings tomorrow's dreams tomorrow's hopes and God begins to explain to him that you your your descendants even though you're childless at the moment and in this barren place this place of crisis tomorrow the day's coming when your descendants will be more numerous than the stars in the sky that's what you call living in the tomorrow in the barren place of crisis. And so it's a wonderful, wonderful example. And then we, we have a second example here um, that I want to share with you. Uh, and it's the example of a Shunammite woman. It's a strange name, but we'll come to that in a moment. And it's my favourite one. And I'm going to keep my ace one right for the end which is a personal one and a personal meeting with a young man in crisis. So this is the one we're going to study today and learn three tools from. So here we are. We have a, a lady called the Shunammite woman. And um, this lady is extremely wealthy. But what we're finding in this crisis that we're facing with Corona is that the wealthiest people in the world can buy a vaccine because one doesn't exist. And so it makes no difference on one level whether you're wealthy or not. If the shelves are empty, if the vaccines are not available, if you're sick, you're in this crisis as much as anybody else. And this is where the Shunammite woman found herself because she is in that place. She's stuck in the moment. And so what happens is that she could not have a child similar to Abraham and Sarah. And her husband is old and it's it's killing her and so along comes a prophet called elijah now i'm going to walk you through the story a few verses but hang in and i would encourage you to study 2 kings chapter 4. it's a very prophetic powerful encouragement for this tough season we're all in so it's 2 kings chapter 4 verse 8 absolute fabulous and beautiful story and and what happened to her is that Elijah comes along and he pulls out the ace card. But she doesn't get it. Because to apply this um, ace card, you have to receive it and apply it by faith. So so when he brings this ace card to her, she's in a place of disappointment. And her response is not one of faith in the beginning. It's one of great disappointment. So let's kick in. uh, 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 8. One day Elisha went to Shunem. And there a wealthy woman left who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat some food. Glad it wasn't Tesco. So here we go. And she said to her husband, Behold now, I know that this is a holy man of God who's continually passing away. Let's make a small room for him with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair and a lamp. So whenever he comes to stay, he can go in there. One day he came there and he turned into the chamber and he rested. And he said to Gehazi's servant, call this woman. And when he called her, she stood before him and he said to her, Now, you've taken all this trouble to do something for us. What can we do for you? And it's brilliant in the season. That this is the question people were asking all around the world of their neighbors. What can we do for you? Something beautiful was happening in the middle of the tough times. And um, so he says, would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king for the commander of the army? She said, yes. I will dwell among my own people, he said. What then is to be done for her though? Gahasi answered and said, well, she's got no son and her husband is old. He said, call her right now. And when he called her, she stood in the doorway. I love it. I just wonder if she was doubting, She's she's still hesitating and she's in that place of disappointment. And he said to her at this season, now watch this, this is the ace card that he's pulling out to transport our inner mind from the moment of crisis into the miracles of tomorrow. He's trying to get her not to live in the moment of disappointment, but to live in the moment of great faith and the miracles. And he said this brilliant line that we're going to be working on. He says to her, at this season, about this time next year. Hang on to that. About this time next year. He's transporting her mind 12 months down the road and he says to her, you shall have a son. He's trying to get her out of the negative mindset, the hopeless mindset, the fear mindset, into the mindset of tomorrow and so that she could live there and instead of spending the next 12 months wondering, oh, what's going to happen? Will I survive this thing? You know, is everything going to get... Worse, you know, put on the BBC News and get a hundred more negative reports. No, he's trying to get her out of that zone into the faith zone, the zone of tomorrow. And what is the response uh, at this? she said, And she said, No, my Lord, O oh man of God, do not lie to your servant. <laughs> so she's not in the place of faith and this is a great encouragement to you and me because sometimes when you're in that place it's very very difficult to hope again to believe again to dream again when you've lost everything but how good is the grace of God even for those moments when we don't even have one ounce of faith to kick in because it goes on to say but the woman conceived And she bore a son about that time the following spring, as Elijah said to her. Now, some of you in that place where you got your dream, you got your business, you got, you got that baby, you got your new life, you got your future, you got your breakthrough. And just a bit like the local Woodmill school kids here who got the news that our school is going to open. This month, and they're going to be back there. Bang! The crisis comes and back to the place of disappointment. So that's exactly what happened to her. How did she respond? Let's carry on the story very quickly. So, when the child grew up one day, uh, he said to his father, Oh, my head, my head. And the father said, What well, every other Scottish father says, carry him to his mother. Because you know, when the mother kisses that knee, when the mother gives her a hug, something wonderful happens and when he had lifted him and brought him to his mother child sat in the lap till noon then he died you in that place right now where it, it's like your dreams they're dying and so she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of god and shut the door behind him and she called her husband and said send me one of the servants one of the donkeys that might quickly go to the man of god and come back again so at least at this point she now had a bit of faith because she was going to the man of God. She sank, saddled her donkey and um she said, do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. So she set out to find the man of God. And when the man of God saw, saw her coming, he said, Look, here's the Shunammite woman. Run at once to her and say to her, Is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with your child? excuse me and she answered him and said all is well and when she came to the mount of the man of god she caught hold his feet and Gehazi came to push her away but the man of god he's leave her alone because she's in bitter distress many many people in bitter distress right now but here's what happens then she said did i not ask the lord for a son did i not say do not deceive me and uh, he said to Gehazi tie up the garment take my staff in your hand if you met anyone do not greet him and if anyone greets you do not reply lay my staff on the face of the child and the mother of the child said as the lord lives as the lord lives and as you yourself lives i will not leave you and so he arose and he followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the face of the child but there was no sound or sign of life now i want you to read the rest of your story yourself because Elijah goes on and does some amazing things. Um, the child sneezes seven times. Listen, don't worry. There's life after. You, your child might be sneezing right, sneezing right now. Your grandmother. I want to encourage you. Even when the sneezing and the cost come, there's life after it and hope after it. After sneezing sometimes, the child opened his eyes and he called the Shunammite woman and said to her, pick up your son. She came and felt his feet, bound to group, the ground and she picked up her son and so we see that this brilliant ace card was pulled out and it turned her crisis around for 12 months she was able to travel from the place of despair to the place of great victory and even when a second you know when it and that's so often what happens. It looks like you, you got that dream. You got it going. And then, bang, it, the, the bottom falls out your world. That's your moment. Not to forget to pull out the ace card. The card of faith. The ability to live in the tomorrow. And I want to show you exactly how to do that starting from today. So number one. People are all getting worried about isolation, self-isolation, this kind of isolation. There is no such thing for the believer. Let me just say that up front. I am, you know, in theory, to be self-isolating due to asthma and scarring on the lungs and different things. But here's the thing. And I'm encouraging you to obey everything the government tells us with the hands and with all kinds of behaviors. I'm 100% all of that and attempting to uh, follow the rules and obey the rules like everybody else. Well, let me just encourage you that, yes, we have to retreat to our homes for a period of time, different vulnerable ones, etc. But I'm not calling it self-isolation. I'm calling it self-consolation because in this brilliant story, the great thing this woman did was she made room for God and if you flip your mindset from this horrendous sense of self-isolating and call it self-consolating then you will find that what is happening right now You're given the opportunity to make room for God, to make time for God, to make space for God in your life and your house like never before. I've made a room in my house for God. There's nothing fancy. I don't have any special altars. In fact, it was my daughter's bedroom. But I love to go there in the dark many, many nights of the week, as early as I can, and just make room in my thinking, my calendar, my heart, and my, and, and my time forgot to speak, forgot God to come in his presence. And when you do that, when you begin to worship and feed on the word of God and get alone with God and make room for God to come, then what happens is that God comes and consolates you, comforts you? He promised that even if you're in Hades, he's there. So how can you be isolated if you're not alone and he is there? And I can encourage you. The more you get along with them, and press in with them, and, and 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 worship them, and pour out your heart to them, and lay every single one of your cares at your feet, you will find yourself consolated and not self-isolated. And His sweet, sweet presence is going to come and heal your wounds, lift your wheels, lift your depressions, and begin to flip you from the place of darkness the place of light and you're not going to be just sitting there um, enduring the days you're going to begin to live in the tomorrow right now so the second thing i want to encourage you to do in this moment to flip you from the moment in the tent to the moment under the stars dreaming believing getting excited again is is this stir up the lion heart within you stir up your lion heart don't let the devil who the bible says in 1 peter 5 8 the devil prowls around like a lion waiting to devour you these news items they can devour your hopes these little things on Facebook, these little texts at 7 o'clock in the morning, the devil can use them to devour your hope, your confidence, your health, and your peace like crazy. That's not your moment to tickle these things, to entertain these things, and to wonder. No, 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 no. That's the moment to stir up the lion heart because there's another lion that's mentioned in the Bible in Revelation 5 2. And this is the line of tomorrow. He's the lion of yesterday, today and tomorrow. The other line, the devil is the lion of yesterday. He was defeated at the cross. So we have to tap into the line of tomorrow. The Bible says in Revelation 5.5, 5, the lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus Christ, has conquered every one of his plans. So all the plans to devour you, to hit you with plague, disease, and everything, they were all oh, smashed, conquered, annihilated the cross. And so the important thing is not to stir up that lion of the past by believing in his lies and fears, but stir up the lion of tomorrow. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, the lion of Judah. So don't tickle with these things. Don't entertain these. When negative thoughts come, when negative fears come, stir up that lying heart inside you and speak out the word of God that your God has conquered every one of the devil's plans and you will live in the goodness of God as he promised. And the final point I want to mention to you is this. Go over this two, three times and write these points down and begin to apply them. They're simple, they're powerful. And don't be like the my woman that first responded like, oh well, you know, that faithless disappointment thing. Stir up the lion heart of Jesus. Jesus is the lion of Judah. Stir up that lion heart. Get aggressive, get strong in your faith, get powerful, and command every one of the lies of the devil to flee command every doubt and fear today de- to flee command disease to flee and invite the Lion judah into your own circumstances the third one very quickly is this step in to tomorrow by faith 12 years from now instead of being stuck in this moment and of the disaster get along with god and invite God a bit like we used to do years ago some of you remember we had a film with 36 negatives on it Kodak film we take it into the dark room and in the dark room the negative would be transformed into beautiful pictures the best place to have your pictures of negativity transformed into pictures of tomorrow and in that dark place in that secret place get along with God where everything is blacked out and, and every distraction is gone. And you invite God to come and take every negative circumstance in your life and to breathe on it and wait there until you see it repainting the pictures. Paint the picture of what you want life, God wants for your life 12 months from now. Paint the picture of your kids in health, your job blossoming, your health, and everything about you living and in drinking, in the presence and the goodness and joy of God, and bring every single one of these. And as God, by the power of the Spirit, changes these pictures, then you step into these pictures, and and instead of listening to the pictures on television from Italy or China, whatever, step into the pictures that heaven has just downloaded on you. And as I was typing this message, I was already doing this. The phone rang and I was offered a a new parting job, uh, explosive, amazing, amazing job of of, uh, getting involved in a whole new world of helping people with their problems. And I immediately, without even checking the contract, accepted the job. And I'll tell you more about that as it comes along. But I want to finish with you with a real beautiful personal story to help you do this. And so I like to make sure these principles I teach you are not just some surface hooky cooky thing that, you know, tickle people's fancy and just give them a little hope. I like them to be tested in the most difficult places in the world. So I've been to some of the most difficult places in the world to see if this principle works there. And when I arrived in Cambodia in the killing fields with a monument of skulls, human skulls as high as you could get and little children's bones so sticking through the ground and the cardigans of the killing field graves, a young Khmer was with me. He was thrown there as a naked little boy into the grave and he pretended to be dead as the, the, the Khmer Rouge threw dead bodies on top of him and he, he could hear after a long, long time of lying there naked. You talk about isolation. You talk about empty shelves in a kid's life. He's lying there, wondering, pretending to be dead in the hope. And when the rescue soldiers came and saw his little finger move, they pulled them out and hid him and rescued him. He had one single belonging left in his life. A picture of his sister. And I saw it there and then. He told me that picture is what translated him from the fuels crisis into tomorrow because he had a mission. He had a mission in his life because that picture was of a sister. And when he got healthy and when he got strong, he went on a mission to the camps with thousands and thousands of children until the day came, he found his sister and they united together and he went on to find 28 other uh, orphans that had been abandoned and began to raise them all by himself what got that child through the greatest crisis of his life he learned the secret ace card of god that when you're stuck in the moment and you got next to nothing left remember this you have your picture the the people that survived the 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 concentration camps auschwitz and different places around the world many of them will tell you that what kept them alive is that even though their bodies were aching they were starving they had no shelves to get bread off each night before they went to sleep they would step into the tomorrow they would dream and paint pictures of the days so they would see their their wife again the mother again their children again some of them would even dream and paint pictures of them playing pianos playing golf and men of them champion golfers champion pianists even though they'd never played a note or a stroke in their life because they learned the secret to surviving the worst of circumstances is to get a picture of what life looks like 12 months from now. And so, I want to encourage you, before you go to sleep, don't wait until the roses show up. Don't wait until the fields show up. Stuart Hannah brought us a great message about the flowers in the wilderness. Well, the seeds were in a very, very dark place for a long, long time. But God brought that word to the people, to let us know that in the wilderness, in the wilderness, the flowers shall blossom. Don't wait till the flowers show up. Before you go to sleep tonight, spend time with God. Get along with God. Get into a dark place. Get into your sea, please. Begin to love him. Welcome him. Invite them into and present every single one of the negatives on your Kodak film to them and wait until he descends and begins to change the picture and begins to show you what life is going to look like for you, your family, your friends, your neighbours. Twelve months from now, twelve months from now, what life's going to look like, what it's all going to look like, and when he begins to show you these pictures, take a hold of these pictures, step into them, and for the rest of The next 12 months begin to thank Him and praise Him and dwell in the realm of the supernatural visions dreams and pictures hold on to them believe for a better day for yourself a better day for your neighbours a better day for your children a better day for the prisoners a better day for orphans a better day for all the people are suffering around the world And I promise you this, if you will make room in your calendar, in your house, in your time, if you will stir up that line heart of faith, and if you will bring all the negative pictures on your film to God, like we used to do many years ago in a dark room, and let him develop them into what heaven sees, like he did with Abraham, like he did with Joseph, like he did with Mary, like he did with the Shunammite woman, then I promise you, your immune system, your thinking, your energy levels, your health, and your mood will radically change when you let God show you and you begin to see what He sees for your future that He has promised in the days to come. Have a brilliant, brilliant time alone with your God, with your Father that loves you and has promised to heal every disease and bring everything of heaven to earth for you and for everyone around you. Guys, let's not stay stuck in the tent, like Abraham has. This is the time to get out in the tent, even if it's only to your back garden, if you're in self-isolation or self-consolation. But make use this valuable next three, six, nine, twelve months. Use the time to write down the best dreams. Get your garden fixed. Get all the things done that you need to get fixed and get yourself ready so that when the baby shows up, when the miracle shows up, when your dream shows up, when your blessing shows up, you're in the greatest place of health, of strength, of nutrition, of hopes, and you are ready to come out the traps when all the restrictions are lifted with a heart, mind and spirit to bless the world and love this world as Jesus loved and demonstrated on the cross. God bless you guys. Have a great time. Thank you.